ready, born ready. Hey, hey, been ready, born ready. Hey, hey. It's recording. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. Why you do that to me? Uh, I said you're ready. You said been ready, born ready. Uh, so welcome back to the Soul Sense Podcast. As y'all know, this is Kim, and here's my hating swingman husband, Melvin. He knew I wasn't looking. I was looking down at my my phone. But y'all see what I had to go through? My biggest supporter and my biggest hater all wrapped in one. Okay. But anyways, how y'all doing this this fine? What is this? Friday? Yeah. Anywho, thank y'all guys for tuning in. Melvin, everything cool your way? Yeah. Yeah, everything pretty cool. You What's know. going on? What's going on? <laughs> well, I guess I can. Uh, st- do we want to jump into the jump, jump, or start slow? We'll you know talk what? About other Go, first. Yeah, let's talk about other things because All we're right. we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna today, guys. We're gonna be talking about parenting and those struggles of raising kids. And this may not be the most informative. We may be looking out for answers, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so. I've been, uh, work has been pretty busy for me. Um, for those who don't know, I'm in, uh, IT, so I, uh, work in IT basically, but, um, it's a, it's an interesting world, especially when you are, uh, when you're working with other people, you know, typically for a, a developer, you kind of not the most personable people in the world um but you know my position now I'm kind of dealing with other people and trying to bring different teams together and it comes with some different challenges um I I'm in a situation now I'm used to kind of being able to work autonomously um but uh now uh you know I got a supervisor it's a little bit more hands-on um and and it really just comes down to just trying to find that line between like what do I say what do I what do I you know stand in the the ground I actually a a guy told me one time who was kind of um giving me some mentorship and he was like you know you got to know when to fall on your sword. Like there are certain things you got to stand up for and know when to fall on your sword. Um, and I'm trying to figure that out still. Um, certain things I think it's that time, but then other times I'm like, you know, I don't know. So just trying to mature in that way, trying to decipher through where where I need to change and then where where I do need to kind of stand my ground and make sure I don't get ran over. Um, that's something that, uh, while Kimberly uh, steps out for a second, that's something, uh, just a a little tip for me, take it or leave it. But um, in this, if you're in the business world or if you, period, when it comes to your career or towards the things that you want out of life, you've got to be, the most, uh, nobody can give you anything, you know what I mean? Nobody's going to, uh, give you what you deserve typically. Um, and nobody is, is going to, and they don't, they don't owe that to you really. Um, you deserve what you ask for. Um, so 
But, you know, you got to kind of figure out when's the right time to ask and how you should ask and how you, when you should demand. And uh, that's just things I'm trying to learn now. Um, but, you know, you never, you never learn it and you never get better if you're not very intentional about it. So it's just something that I'm trying to do now there, Kimmy. Yeah, and I think we're both kind of moving through that season in our career as well. I uh, we um, there are some things uh, in my own career that you know I've just come to the realization that hey, if you want it, then you're gonna have to go after it. I think for myself, being an African American woman, you know. I don't know what it is, but it's something because I've, I've talked to other women like myself and it's like we're we're so uncomfortable with like, you know, tooting our own horn or promoting ourselves. You know, it's almost like we look at it as it's um, like a prideful thing when in essence it doesn't have to be that. Like I think there is a space that it can be like that, but I feel like, you know, it's truth. You're telling truth. What you're doing is what you're doing, you know, and you can say it in a way that as if you're speaking to a friend or if you're speaking to your spouse or something, it doesn't have to be a braggadocious thing. It's, you know, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm working on. And um, I, like I said, in my own job, there are some things that I'm working on myself that um, I, I just here in the last week, I've just had to say, hey, if I want this, then I need to ask for this. And uh, me and Melvin were just having this conversation that like sometimes it's not that people won't support you in that. It's that you're just not on their radar. You know, like, because we live in a society where people are so focused on what they're doing that they're not worried about you. And so you have to bring that to their attention. And so what, what's the quote? Closed mouths don't get fed. You ain't never lie. <laughs> from, <laughs> that's for Players Club. <laughs> that's not for Players Club. Yes, it is. That's, that's the oldest saying in the world. Where is it from, Ben? I mean, I don't I even know. I know for Players Club. Oh, that's because you are a, a hoodlum. No, I'm not. <laughs> if I'm a hoodlum, then you just right there with me. Uh, anyway, that's why we need Jesus. Anyways. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah, but uh, let's see some other things. Um, I've been looking at, we was talking about this a tad bit today, but I've been looking at uh, the news a little bit. I, I'm not a news guy, um, only because I, you just can't find uh, everybody just kind of has their own spin on things and you every any channel you turn to or any thing you read you're going to find their take on it um it's really not a but anyway i've been looking at this uh judge Kavanaugh uh thing and it's uh, a mess it is a mess man that's a mess it's ugly like uh you know it's it's almost like it. I I am all for justice. You know what I'm saying? Like finding out, like everybody need to get. There needs to be justice, and you want the best person because it's a lifetime election. Um, and again, I'm speaking from someone who knows very little about it. Like I I have spent very little time, but just from the things that I've seen, um, it just seems like. Like I, I, they was talking about something that happened when he was sixteen, and this is not to 
you know, bad is bad, but, you know, I just think like, man, what if they went back to 16-year-old Melvin? Like, what what would happen? I was a late bloomer, so maybe 16, no, I guess maybe I wasn't in certain regards, but like at 16 years old, like the way that I thought, the way that I, I handled things, the like I don't even know, man, but it makes you think a lot more about, uh, you know, just your interactions. And, and really, it made me think about my kids, you know, like going forward, what's the world going to be like? Like anything you do, I know the Bible say you got to give account for every harsh word, but golly, I thought that was supposed to be when Jesus came back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, this this has been kind of interesting to me. What do you, have you been watching? Yeah, them I've you know because of all the things that's been going on, I got myself. I did a crash course and got myself up to speed on what's going on. And yeah, on one hand, it's like my goodness, they were children, but the fact of the matter is, it's what he is accused of because like this guy like from what the testimonies have said like none of this stuff was even spoken of until 2012 when the lady went to her her counselor she hadn't even mentioned it to her husband and it started with them remodeling their home and she wanted them to make sure that they had two exit ways out the front of their home because she was traumatized as to what had happened to her as a teenager. And what happened was they were at a party. I mean, it's what it sounds like. These were privileged kids growing up. They were at a diving party. Well, we ain't got to tell the story. It, it, people can go and research but, it for themselves. Well, point of the matter is, is that he was, accused of raping this woman and well sexually assaulting her and she was able to get away and I mean quite frankly in my personal opinion you know I don't I feel like someone that's about to be a justice this is alarming but then also the way that he's handled himself in the actual room has also made me be even more alarmed. It's like, okay, if you're innocent, then you should all the more want your name to be cleared, not denying to have investigation. That's that's my thing. So, like, there could be a, a 16-year-old that did something like that at 16 whenever drunk, and that does not mean that they are a bad person or a good person as a grown man. They could have learned and and went through some count like that to me that they could you could be redeemed from something like that um but for me the thing is I'm like what you said so if number one if I did it I would be way more contrite you know what I'm saying like it it, if he did it and he is standing on it like this this guy is crazy but if he didn't do it then you know Maybe being more, I, if he didn't do it, it sucks because it it really ain't no right way to go about it. Like you, what what can you do? Um, but the my, the thing that I looked at of it all is like the motive of the the people, all the people involved, right? Like it seems like to me nowadays, right or wrong don't matter. Um, 
in in this political realm, and really the political realm is like seeping into every part of society. It's like people don't care about right or wrong anymore. They only care about like what they want. So, you know, you got people standing up and like, this is the crazy, like going off saying that this is the, you know, this is wrong and he shouldn't be getting. And I, I can't really say that, that they really feel that way. They just want their judge in place and vice versa. Like, I don't know how passionate they are about this subject of protecting women and all of that. I think it's sometimes it may just be more. They don't want this. They want their guy in instead of Kavanaugh. They want somebody else in. And I say that just because like it, where's the out? It's, it's probably crazy stuff going on inside some of these places, man. And this is like on a, I don't know, man. It's like no genuine, You, you where's the genuine, I don't know, man. It just seems like there's nothing, that, politics and being a, it's no longer about being a public servant. It's about getting elected. Yeah. Like, I still feel like we in the, like, we're in the, 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 uh, what do you call it? The election still. Like I, I listen to the president and he's saying, like it still sounds like like election speech instead of like talking about solving problems. You know, it's just well, very different. I'll tell you this: November is coming. But everybody doing the same thing well, though. I'm just telling you right now. Look, that's but the what's in but, my what's in and you do what you won't do, but what's in my power, November is coming. And I'm about to push these because I've been trying. See, I've told y'all this before. Like, I, I jump in and I jump out. Because like if you engulf yourself in this stuff, it is depressing. Like it's depressing to see, to see no matter what side you're on, it, it it's depressing because like the arguing and the bickering and we're supposed to be the powerhouse of the world and this is what it's almost like you're watching children, you know, bicker and it's 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 just it, it's not encouraging or hopeful at all for the general population and it's it's just it's it's horrible in my opinion, but. I do want to be aware of what's going on and what I can do that's in my power is make sure that I'm just not talking about it and and that I do engage, you know, because this is the world that we live in. I engage to a certain degree. And so my thing is November is coming. And um, this is the time when we really do make a difference because uh, that's why I believe that you got to put the right support staff in for your president. And that's why president Obama couldn't get hardly nothing passed because he didn't have control of the Senator, you know, the Senate. But it don't seem like nothing getting passed now either. Well, you do what you want to do. But for me, November coming. Look, hold up. Time out. <laughs> November don't coming. You do what you want to do. You do. Y'all about to see me get crook up in nah. here. I'm not saying nothing about that. What I'm saying is, is that either way, all these people, it's not just one side that's acting like this. It's both sides. Like both of these, I, I don't see anything moving in 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 the government right now. I don't see anything progressing. It seems like it is the same thing that when President Obama was in office, when it seemed like everybody was more focused on stopping his agenda than improving the country. It's like, we want to make sure, we don't want him to do too good. 
like I, I can't trust the fact that people in an effort to to tarnish the president will not do good things. And I, like, I felt that way with, with Obama. And I was like, well, at least once there is, now they got a Republican across the board, everything should go smoother because they got control. But no, it's still the same thing, man. It's like, it's, it's like a game. They're just playing games with people's lives. And we are left here to kind of deal with the consequences. Like poor, like people who don't have no, I mean, and it's just going, it's more the same thing. All the more why politics, you can't, you can't, can't put your bag, your you hope can't. in that bag. You can't, but I tell you what, power to the people. Because I feel like there are some newcomers coming up that I've been like reading into and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, what's your option just to do nothing? If that's, if that's your stand, that's fine. I'm not saying your stand. I'm just saying if that's a person's stand, that's fine. But you know, for me, I'm just like, okay, well, this is the world that we living in. And I'm more so thinking about, like you said, our kids, the world that our kids will be in, you know, the things and the laws that'll be passed when they're coming through. And so my thing is then we, you know, I'm really trying to educate myself on, people's agendas and what they're pushing, you know what I'm saying? And what they're, they're, you know, and reading in between the lines. So I'm like, November is coming and, uh, and, and it's, it's some stuff out here. People are showing their tails. And I think it's been high time for some people to get voted out and folks ain't doing what they have promised. And that means you got to step aside. They should vote all these folks out. I'd like to see a, a complete refresh because they, they playing games, man. It's people out here that really want to be servants. Like, they, it's people that really want to make, make you know, improvements and, and do, like, really serve. But now it's it, like our the, the folks whole, comfortable in they seat that they yeah, done had forever. And they're beholden to a lot of people that that's, that's writing big checks. Mm-hmm. Like you got people now that are like, I was I was listening to this thing. It's talking about like lobbyists, um, like uh, senators and uh, Congress um, people get out and then they'll go work for these high powered these high powered positions as lobbyists for these big uh, companies like oil or something like that. And where, where the problem comes in is it's a conflict of interest. So I could pass, I could fight for laws that are beneficial to some uh, sector. And then in return, once I get out of office, now I they pay me back with a, a nice cushy job. And it's like almost like a long route, way around bribery. And I don't understand why it, all this stuff just can't be made transparent. That's why I don't, I put no trust in none of this stuff, man. From the uh, money that's in politics to the justice system, like, you know, for-profit prisons, people making, you know, if you got enough money, you can get away with certain things. I don't know, man. It's all just boo-boo to me. And and all that, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, all that brings me to is I don't understand how people can just staunchly defend some type of like political ideology and, and link it to, you know, like Christianity or to like, just blindly defend it. 
Like, if you're a Republican, be a Republican. If you're a Democrat, be a Democrat. I'm probably more liberal on certain things, conservative on others. Um, I, I can't, you know, I, I, but either way, I don't think that it's, uh, I wouldn't stand on a, on a stump for, for none of them. Um, me personally, but. I just believe that at the end of the day, the I think the people have to send a message to the the, the lawmakers that, you know, y'all are public servants. Yeah. Y'all work for us. Right. So mm-hmm. if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you will get taken out. And I believe that this Kavanaugh thing and all the things that have been going on, I think people are taking notes. And if folks ain't doing what they supposed to do, if y'all not staying, to me, I'm looking morally. I'm looking in between the lines. You know, like at the end of the day, you know, are you morally standing up for what's right? If you not, November is right around the corner and it's time to be voting out some senators and we about to be, this is the time where these midterms is what's really important. So this is the message that needs to be sent. I think the people need to send a message to the lawmakers. We don't work for y'all. Y'all work for us. Simple as that. It's power to the people. That's it. Power to the people. Fist. That's all I got. And that's all I got to say. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Well, that's our rant uh, today. <laughs> Uh, obviously, I have no clue what I'm talking about in it, so uh, take mine with a, a grain, grain of salt. salt. <laughs> <laughs> but but look, that don't matter. Um, so yeah, what else happened? So let's let me kick off this. Uh, uh, Here we go. Tail. Okay. So uh, let me start out with a scripture before we even go. Okay. Uh, this is a just a little little proverb here, um, and this is in the NIV, it says, start children off in the way they should go, <laughs> and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. It's Proverbs 22, 6. Um, good old King James is train a child, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So... Um, Today I'm uh, just I'm getting ready and and moving quick. You know I'm feeling like I'm about to get out the house, and uh, I get a call from from Kimberly, and I'm like, "Hey, what? What? You get on the phone? Yeah, goofy I'm, like. Yeah, I'm thinking you about to tell me you about to bring home some breakfast or something, just seeing if I'm still home. I forgot Neg- you had to go to the doctor. Negative. Um, and she like. You need to go to the school. And she like in this whispery type of voice because she's in the doctor's office. You need to go up to the school. I'm like, oh, boy. And I'm thinking my, my daughter is sick or something. She like, fair done got, I mean, I shouldn't, or, y'all know. Yeah, yeah, fair no, they got into a fight. I'm like, what? And so I'm like, what do you mean? And apparently she was in line and somebody jumped in front of her and uh, she just let them hands go. And the te- she put them paws on a girl. And the, and the gym teacher had to pull her up off. And now my baby, she is rambunctious, yes. But she is a sweetheart. She ain't just, like, she may hurt somebody, but it's just because she hyper and she's, you know, get over excited. But in terms of, like, attacking somebody, I ain't never even, 
Like that would be the last thing that crossed my mind when I think about what she has done in the day. So anyway, I go up to the school and uh, she is, and I go to the school and we go and sit inside the little, they have a little parents uh, counseling center or something like that. And I, I guess it's basically for this purpose. And uh, even the, the lady up front, like, fair's not like that. You know, she's like, tripping out over it too and so I ended up talking to to my daughter and I'm like so you know I'm trying to walk through the situation I'm like so tell me what happened she's like I was laying there we were sitting in line and they were sitting down getting ready to play scooty tag and uh she says I was making pretend snow angels and some she named a little girl told this other little girl to just get in front of me and I'm like okay stop hold on so y'all in line, and the line is moving. Yes. Okay. Um, now, the line is supposed to move, and you ain't paying attention. You making snow angels. It ain't no snow. Yes. So they went around you instead of just, you know, waiting for you to get done making snow angels. Yes. And so I asked her, hey, what, what do you think you could have did better? Been paying attention and moving? Okay, we get past that part. Then I asked her, like, so what did you do next? Uh, the teacher pulled me off. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, what did you do next? Did you ask her to get out of the way, to, to let you back? No. Uh, okay, did you? Because at first I thought she, like, threw the, like pushed the little girl out of the line, and then maybe something happened, and then they started fighting. Her first reaction was to jump on the girl, like, get – no asking, no speaking, no nothing. And I was floored, man. I like it took me a minute to just kind of get my head around this. Um and like I just was so confused. And this is on top of like she has had a crazy like last couple of weeks to the point that she's sleeping in the guest bedroom because <laughs> she in kid prison. Yeah, she in kid prison. Because, uh, you know, she just wilding out, man. And we're trying to, oh, gosh. But um, it was it was definitely, it's definitely been a, a very interesting uh, time for, for, for the Ellis household in terms of being parents, would you say? Yes, and y'all pray for us because we need it. And on my end, so I go into the doctor today trying, you know, I have my physical and about to get my flu shot and stuff like that. And I'm literally at the receptionist checking in and I look down and I see my child's school and I'm like, okay, it's never a good thing to get a call from them anytime during the day, but especially in the morning, you know? And so I pick up the phone and the vice chancellor, which is like the vice principal, is like telling me what happens. And it's just like, it's like I have an out-of-body experience because I'm like, who are they talking about? Like, my child, you know? <sighs> so because I'm at the doctor and I can't, that's when I call Melvin and that's what he, you know, just told you guys. But it's it's been, it's been tough, you know what I'm saying? And... You know, I think for me, you know, as a child, this was not, I know every kid has a quirk, but this was not my quirk. So it's very foreign to me, 
You know, I was talking to Melvin's uh, mother this morning because I needed some encouragement and I needed somebody who knew where I was coming from because uh, per my mother in love, uh, my husband and my brother in law were off the chain as children. And so I know that she had to go through a lot with them. So, you know, my thought was to call her, you know, and get some encouragement, you know, because as a mother, you're always running these scenarios through your head. So anyways, um, I grew up with parents that were uh, older than a lot of my peers, parents, and my parents were military parents. And though I appreciate my upbringing tremendously you know there were definitely things that they did that I personally don't parent the same way as they you know and that we're probably all like that we don't parent exactly and identical to our parents but you know and so for my parents like this this I was I came up in an old school household so it, this wasn't acceptable at all so it's like I'm sitting here and lots of thoughts are rushing through my head you know and so Tonight, what we're going to talk about is parenting, and we're going to talk about our issues that we're going through and some scriptures that, you know, we've been coming up with and some scriptures that I've been leaning on today. And, you know, Melvin has already shared one of his and advice that's been given to us and how we're going to move forward. So, yeah. yeah. And and it's not going to be like a preaching time. We're just going to be vulnerable and open. Um and just talk about some some things. Um, I know me as a, uh, so I think when you have times like this, um, one of the first things uh, Satan likes to attack um, is is your unity. You know, um, like like Kimberly said, you know, my mom definitely. My, my mom definitely had to uh, deal with a lot of these different things because I was off the chain, man. Both me and my brother both were, but, uh, you know, just, you know, I just was a, a rambunctious kid. And, um, yeah, definitely uh, kindergarten was the first time my mom got called up. My aunt caught me breakdancing in the middle of the floor See. when she came, when she came up to the school to get my cousin Starla. So, you know, um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't long for it before I started getting in trouble. But um, anyway, um, you know, there because of that, and, and my mom told Kimberly this today, but, you know, I can have a certain view of, of things with fair and, and there's certain things that I can relate to. Um, and I think sometimes that's good, but sometimes it can make it can make me be sentiment you know have some sentimentality about it or make me want to uh you know I could just be a sucker and plus it's and I'm the dad you know um now I definitely am a disciplinarian at times but um there are certain things that I could be more you know it's my little girl and uh I don't know man it sometimes it can uh we uh, one way Satan will attack us, and I think this is is kind of typical. Is um, you know, we got to be on one accord at the end of the day. 
whatever you do, whatever you decide, um, whatever the punishment is, whatever the whatever, y'all got to be on one accord. And and if you're not, like if, if you don't agree at the time, then you just got to be able to step away or maybe have a little, a, you know, a little look that y'all could give each other to kind of to kind of say, hey, let's regroup. Um, sorry, I think I, my mic cut out a bit. Um, but, you know, yeah, you got to be on one accord. What, what do you think about that, Kimberly? Yeah, um, I definitely feel like that is a, a good reason why you need you know, more hands on dick than just one, you know, and I understand that everybody's not married. Um, but having a village of people around you, you know, uh, I can definitely see where between the me, between me and Melvin, we can get a full perspective. And then even at times we had to bring people in. Um, hence why the first person I thought about was my, my mother in love, because, you know, and, and some people might have thought, you know, to call, you know, why didn't you call your own parents? And like I said, you know, this was something that was not a part of our upbringing. You know what I'm saying? Like this was not our quirk. Now, there were definitely we definitely had our stuff, but this particular thing was more in the realm of my mother in love. And so I called her because I knew that she was going to give me the truth um, I knew that she was going to also, uh, but she's invested, you know, this is her grandbaby and she is invested in her and she wants her to succeed. So I went more so for family than a friend, you know what I'm saying? Um, and also because she got two grown children. You know what I'm saying? There's something to say about somebody who's gone, been there and done that, you know, and I needed, you know, how I was feeling earlier. I mean, I was freaking out. Like I was feeling really down about it. I, I really was, you know, and I, I will admit, like I was on the phone crying to her. Like she, she used, me and her be crying all the time together. We both emotional people, but, uh, she used to my tears. And so I knew that was a safe place for me in that realm. And so I needed somebody to, you know, talk me off the the, the ledge, you know, saying like, okay, this is, let's, th let's talk about the facts. This is what I'm hearing. This is maybe something that y'all need to try. And there you go. And so um, I'm in a better place. I am still, I will have to be totally honest and vulnerable. I am still upset with my daughter. You know, I am upset with her. Um, I don't know what to do. I have some ideas of what I'm going to try. And I have some hypotheses of what I'm going to bounce off of Melvin, some ideas. But... Do, have I formulated a plan? No, not yet. I, I, I'm thinking I've prayed about it. Um, I've cried out to God. I've gotten advice. And um, I'm just waiting for God to reveal to me and Melvin how we should move forward. That's really where I'm at. Yeah. And I, that's being just honest and vulnerable. 
Yeah. I mean, it, gosh, man, you know, it, it's a, it's a rough go at it. Um, sometimes, uh, I think another, another thing that, that can happen is, and you mentioned this, is just being, you know, kind of starting to have self doubt on like, you know, what am I doing wrong? And the first thing you want to do is kind of overcompensate. Um, whether it's have harsher punishment, like, am I being too light? You know, um, am I being too hard? Am I spending enough time? Am I spending enough whatever, you know? And I know that's one thing you asked me, you know, you started talking about, and I just was like, I mean, you know, Kimberly is super intentional when it comes to these girls, man. If it ain't nothing else in this world, um, she's very intentional about, you know, making sure that, that she putting the right investment in things. Um, you know, we both got our, our, our strengths, but, uh, you know, definitely with Kim is, is training, you know, her, like it, whether it's, uh, like, okay, I'll teach her how to read my thing. I'm patient. You know, I can deal with a lot of the, the patient part, the, like teaching her to read initially, but Kimberly is good at the the tedious work, like the refinement and the, you know, every day she come in, she putting together like lessons and, you know, just a lot of thought. And she puts a lot of time into it. Um, and, you know, you tell me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like, um, you know, for you, your default, like you kind of internalize it. Am, am I correct there? Yeah. And I just, I think it's just being a mother, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I've spoken clearly to my own mother. I've spoken to my mother in love. And that's what I can gain from it. I think it's just a female thing that we, we just internalize it. We just do. And, and, And it's, it's something that I want it to be healthy. I know that it's going to happen, but you know, I mean, I, I mean, all kinds of stuff has been, and like I said, today just came to a head, but we have been building up to some stuff. Some things <laughs> have been building up. Yeah. It's been a rough one. And I, I think in terms of being a team, you know, going back to this theme of hand in hand that, that we did in one of our first episodes, like, you know, we got to be what the other person is lacking for that, for the next person. You know what I mean? Like something I'm learning as a husband is I can't let Kimberly, uh, feel that alone. You know what I mean? Um, the, the most natural thing to do is to put all my focus into getting my child together and, and doing my part to, to help with this behavior. But at the same time, I also need to to make sure that I am am paying attention to my wife and making sure that that um I speak truth to her um when when the world is trying to speak a lie, you know, and I let her you know and I encourage her and let her know like, hey, listen, this this is just, and this is where it's a blessing that that me and Fair are very similar because I can also um speak to the fact that these things are just just parts of life for some people and they not permanent and that 
you know, I can remind her of all the things that she does. But that's just as important, um, you know, as a parent, you know, as a, a husband, making sure that I am uh, building her up and vice versa, because it, you know, she ain't the only one that that could get a little beat down during these times. Um, you know, we can get it's rough, man. And, and you, we got to make sure that that each other is doing OK through this. And it sounds silly because who would have thought that something like this would be such a a trying thing you know what i'm saying yeah and it you know the, i will tell you this i believe me and melvin have faced a lot of things we've come against a lot of adversity in our lives you know i know for myself i have been a person who has helped keep a person alive as a nurse I have helped bring somebody back to life you know what I'm saying I have held people hands as they have transitioned onto the Lord and all of that I can honestly say after all of that raising kids is probably the hardest thing that I probably have done and I think I was talking to your mom, Melvin. I was like, I believe the reason why is because with everything outside of your family, you, you, what is the word? You compartmentalize, you know, you can separate yourself from it. But when it comes to your family, when it comes to your children, and especially being a mother, like I carried these children in my body. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was one with them, you know, for a very long time. This is my heartstring. Anybody else? I'd be like, forget you. i chuck the deuces to you. But it's like being in an abusive relationship. Like, me and your mom had a real good laugh over there. It's like being in an abusive relationship with your it children. Is. <laughs> like, you love them. And, you know, they do things that hurt your feelings. You put so much time and effort into their well-being for you to feel like it falls on deaf ears. And if this was somebody, just a friend or an acquaintance, you'll just walk away and leave this person. But you can't do it. Like, you want to do it, but then you're like, but I love them. And who's going to take care of them if I give up on them? And I don't want to give up on them. You know, you, they just hard-headed. You know what's funny, man? Sometimes I'll be fussing at Sarah, at Sarah, at Sarah, <laughs> and uh, I'll be like, I start to think about like the relationship between me and God, you know, um, where, I don't know, man, sometimes it, it can feel like, uh, you know, I've got a earn God's love or like there's times where God loves me more or loves me less or he's just like I'm through with this guy but really you know I think one of the blessings of of having kids man is that you can really kind of see how I mean just a little glimpse at least of like how God loves us you know what I mean because I want for her so bad like I want her to succeed and be happy and be encouraged so bad man and I want to protect her from all the hurts of the world but I know that it is unhealthy for me to force 
her her into a direction, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know that like part of the pain is that I gotta let her go through these things. Because like honestly, I I could feel like, man, let's just keep her home, man. Let's just keep her like we don't gotta take her to school. Let's yeah. just keep her home and hire a tutor or somebody you know, let's just do do that instead of, you know, putting her out in this world. Let's take her out of this class or out of this school or out of this thing and and not let her go through that's where I come in that's where my I'm like hover dad you know and I just be wanting to protect her but I know that that's not healthy I know all these things are going to be um uh you know this is just part of life and um you know I think about that scripture that I started out with I started that out to kind of set the tone while we started talking because you know, you got to look at what's, you can't look at, at, at now to judge the effectiveness of your parenting. Um, you have to just lean on God's promises, right? Like that scripture, train a child, uh, in the way that you that in the way that they should go, uh, when they're young and even when they're old, they'll still stay with that, basically paraphrasing it and butchering it. But, there's another uh, translation of it that says, like, in the way that they're bent, um, you know, and really all we can do is just trust the process, like do the things, find out what. And that's our mission. That's what we try to figure out is like the way that fair is God made her this way. Like, I don't want to suppress her energy, her enthusiasm for life, her imagination like all of those things, I don't want to suppress those, but I want to teach her how to um, use those in a line in, in alignment with God's plan. Like the thing that I try to go over her with Kimberly when I went to see her in school was like, hey, let, tell me what the fruits of the spirit are and tell me how these things could have helped you today. She she actually got in the car and said that she wasn't practicing kindness. She wasn't practicing joy today. And I was like, where the fruit of the spirit come from? <laughs> yeah, like when I went in there, I started talking to her. And like a, a kind of a, a thing that kind of hit me yesterday was like, I, I just was doing a lot of, I could do a lot of talking to her instead of using the Bible. And that's really how she responds. And we used to have devos like every Saturday. Yeah. We used to do a whole lot of things where, you know, it just makes life easier. And, and, and it almost seems like we don't have time to do those things, but we don't have time to not. And um, we went through this whole series, this parenting series called, um, well, basically it was just like, um, there's this big series called Raising Kids God's Way, but this wasn't. I think some of the lessons, some of the premises from that, but really it's this guy, uh, this couple, um, what are their last names? Retier. The Retiers. And like their whole thing is like the more beautiful way, right? Like it, this idea of, of training your kids up in the way that they should go um, is, he, his, his thing was like, you have two different ways. You could do, um, what is it, punitive or... Um, basically you could rate, oh no, you could do prohibitive, which means you just put a bunch of rules in place that restrict their, them from doing things, or 
you can um, do, I don't know, the, I forget the other word, but basically it was you could build conviction in them so that they do things because they, and he called that like the more beautiful way. And of course, when they're babies, he gave like these, um, the stages, yeah, these stages. And, uh, he was like, um, basically it was, um, ages 12 to two, um, you're training them, right? Like train your children to come to their name. 12 to two. 12 months. Oh, 12 months. I about to say. Yeah. And then um, three and up was when you really start to get into more of the getting them to understand like the moral reason why they need to do these things. And it depends on, on the, your child's maturity. But, you know, you get away from this prohibitive type of approach, which all of us probably were kind of raised as. And, and go more towards really fighting to get your kids to understand the moral reason why. That doesn't mean you don't punish them and do all those type of things. But really, your goal is to build, like, morality in them. So um, I saw it be effective with Farrah when I'd say, like, she'd go to school and she'd be talking. And I'd just ask her, like, hey, you know, why? how do you think it makes your teacher feel when you do these things? And I saw it be effective, and it, trust me, it ain't no like cure all. But I saw that it be it was effective because she she started to think about it ain't just about people telling me to stop talking and wanting to ruin my fun. Like I am affecting somebody else's day, and I did you know I did see that be effective uh, for her. But I, it's not something that I do as much as I should in term in definitely connecting it to the Bible. Uh, I want to share something, uh, a scripture, a passage, and um, I'll give a little background because I think it's a twofold thing. Um, so um, one of the pastors that I follow on Instagram is Tony Evans, and um, I really like him. For anybody who, uh, you know, is looking for a lot of wisdom, and uh, someone who can handle the word of God really well, he's great. I, I'm not going to even lie. I love his whole family. They they handle the word of God really well. And so um, he is a pastor here in Dallas. Uh, and one of the challenges that he gave his followers um, on Instagram was to, throughout the week, read Deuteronomy 8. So I was like, I, I you know, most of the time when you see a lot of these, like, pastors and stuff they're like trying to preach to you a lot of people are not trying to tell you to like dive into the word yourself you know and so that intrigued me that that's what he was doing so I was like I'm up for the challenge and so that's exactly what I did and so as I'm reading through Deuteronomy 8 there were things that were brought out that a, I could apply to myself personally and what I'm going through, but honestly, it also can be applied to our view to parenting and how we can talk to our children and understand our role as a parent. So I'm just going to pull out just a couple of verses. It's a whole chapter. And again, it's Deuteronomy 8. I am reading from the NLT version. And I'm just going to pull out a couple of verses that I highlighted. And uh, just kind of, we can chat about those a little bit. So starting 
starting in verse two. It says, remember how the Lord, your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, he li- we live by every word that comes from the word, the mouth of the Lord. Skip down to verse five. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Okay, skip over to... Uh, verse 16, he did this to humble you and test your own good and test you for your own good. He did all of this. So you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord, your God, he is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant. He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So One thing I want to point out is anytime you see something stated twice, then that means stop and take heed. (laughs) And and God does that throughout his word a couple of, not a couple of times, a lot of times. And so, you know, something that I took away from this was this on a personal level. You know, this is a wilderness for us. You know what I'm saying? Like we are in a stage in our parenting where we're in a new phase for us. It's uncharted waters. This is our oldest. We don't know what we're doing. (laughs) We're trying. We're really trying. We're throwing our best stuff out there. You know what I'm saying? But needless to say, this can be considered a wilderness for us. And God is humbling us. You know, um, he is testing our character. He's testing our heart. And um, quite frankly, it doesn't feel good, but I'm up for the challenge. And I, I know Melvin is up for the challenge as well. And, you know, his word says that he's doing this to see whether or not we will obey his commands. And I want to pass this test. You know, Um, I do want to grow in this area. You know, I do want to grow in this area. Something that uh, I had mentioned to Melvin earlier is something I noticed with this passage is that even though God sends you through this wilderness, this desert that you may be going through, yes, he may humble you by making you go hungry. But did, did you catch that it says, but then he'll feed you with food that is unknown to you? Like he provides provision. You know, even in the midst of the desert and even in the midst of the wilderness, he still will provide for you, you know. You know what's cool? You hear yourself? I don't. Are you still recording? Oh, no, you're not recording. One moment, guys. Now you're recording? Yeah, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> back like you never left. <laughs> um, uh, just FYI, we're about to get a new uh, computer that's going to get rid of a lot of these problems. But uh, anywho, um, one cool, th- one thing that, that jumped out to me in that scripture is that 
idea of like food that you haven't known. Like, um, read that piece. It says, I gave you. It says, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. Right. Like, you know, it, it, it's, that I don't know why, but that that phrase, that whole little string, just kind of, I don't know, man. It it just makes me think about how, you know. I think you look at it in a couple ways. You know, food that you so you get this new food, right? Yeah. This perfect food, but what made it even more perfect? They were hungry. Yeah. And you know, in that food. There's no way they could take it apart, like put it in their own hands. Like this is something I did. This is something I made. This is something I take. It, I took care totally of. Totally coming from God. Right. When we go through through the desert, when we go through these these wildernesses or whatever, um, you know, it gives us that rare opportunity to really see God moving. And uh, sometimes you, you can't see it. What is it? You can't see the forest through the trees or whatever. You can't see what God is doing at that moment. But this this is training you for future endeavors. You know what I mean? Like the, this scripture is is giving a flashback. Like whatever is going on right here is giving a flashback saying, hey, don't you remember? I, I did that for you. Like when you were going through those hard financial times, think about how you got through that. I gave you money from sources you didn't even know they were going to come that from. Food, uh, it was food unknown to you. Yeah. You weren't even looking for this solution. You were looking in some other direction and you couldn't feed yourself. You were starving and I gave you something that you didn't even know about. And so sometimes it's, it's important for us to realize like going through it, sometimes you're not going to understand the purpose of it. And it's not going to just be outwardly just some glorious uh, victory. Sometimes it's just going to look like um, you struggling because like those, like while they were wandering through the desert, manna was good for a little while, but they were grumbling right after it. Like they couldn't see God's blessings, but sometimes the blessing in and of itself is, is just the the tip of the iceberg in of the impact that it has. I, you know, Two years from now, we'll be able to look back on this time and see even more clearly how God sustained us. You know what I mean? They may have been like, manna, mm, good, it's great. Thank you, God, I was starving. But then further down the line, they start to think deeper about it and be like, I didn't even know manna existed. Like he gave me a new food. And so, you know, I anticipate like the time when we can look back on these these times and and really see even deeper what God was doing. But at the end of the day, it just means we got to be encouraged on God's promises. Is how I look at uh, at, at the, what can sustain me now. Yeah, and one of the things I didn't have this highlighted, but it did stand out to me, and um, it's in verse four of chapter eight. It says, "For all these forty years, your clothes didn't wear out." Your feet didn't blister or swell. And it's like, even though you're in that desert, you're still taken care of. Like, to not have clothes to wear out, to not, they're just wandering around in the desert. 
and their feet don't blister, their feet don't swell. It's like God prepared you to be able to walk through this. So it's like, you know, I look at our situation and I think to our myself that, okay, so if this is the season that we are in, you know, God is going to give me the strength to push through it. You know, he's, it may not be like I have a whole lot of energy, but I'm going to have just enough to get through it. You know, he's going to give me the provisions when I'm hungry and thirsty. He's going to give me the quote unquote provisions that I need. And then he's going to keep me in the midst of it all. And so I was just thinking about that today. And something I also share with Melvin too, is that, you know, when I got the phone call and after I got off the phone with Melvin, like I was just upset. I I was just upset. And I'm sitting here in this doctor's office and I'm like, my blood pressure about to be sky high. And I mean, and, and, and it was just, I just was feeling discouraged. I, I I really wanted to cry. I wanted to cry in the office And I was just like, okay, Kim, you got to hold it together, you know. And uh, but in the midst of it all, I go into the doctor's office. Not only does is my blood pressure good, it even drops even more when they take it a second time. And, you know, you all don't know this, but, you know, it took my body a long time to uh, get back to normal after having our second child. And I had to be placed on a low dose of high blood pressure medicine. She took me completely off today, you know, because my blood pressure, and that was another reason why I was worried about it. Cause I was like, this woman going to think that I'm gone crazy and go in there. Blood pressure. Great. Great. And then it drops again. They take it a second time. It's like 110 over 60. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, I'm just going to stop it all together. Um, while I'm in there, I also get a phone call from one of my patients who wrote me a letter um, to brag on me, you know, and something that I'm going to submit to my job for a project that I'm working on. That just came out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I knew she was going to write this letter, but I didn't know she was going to do it this soon. You know, I get on the phone with my mother-in-law. She encourages me, lifts me up. You know what I'm saying? And it's like God provided provision. He gave me what I needed, you know, right when I needed. It's like he gave me the quote-unquote food that I, that was unknown to me, and he gave me the water that I needed and kept my feet from blistering because, like, I was, like, at the end of my rope. Like, I was, like, in that office, like, I'm about to bust out and cry in this in this waiting room. And he did that. So I could see Deuteronomy 8 coming alive in my life. I could see it. And the next thing that I want to just point out, and then you can give me your thoughts on this too, is, you know, we go through these things. We go through these deserts, right? But eventually we're going to get over it. You know, like you never, eventually you're going to be on to the next. And it's so easy for us to have amnesia of what we've gone through when times are great. Like we can forget that it wasn't us that brought us through. And so that's why I like this scripture that says, remember the Lord, your God, you know, uh, no, let me back up. He in verse 17, it says he did all of this. So you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord, your God, he is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So 
this just says that, you know, we should be able, you know, he puts us through these times, these times where it's like, there's no doubt that God brought us through this. It was not our energy. So we can't even start to say, like, I brought myself through this. Like, I really can't. When we get over this, I know on the other side, I'm going to be like, and Melvin's going to be like, too. We don't know how we got through it. <laughs> it was the Lord, Lord, our God that got us through. And, you know, the thing that I really highlighted was that he does this. He's the one that gives us the power to be successful in the things that we do in order for us to uphold bringing glory to him. You know, so all of this is a cycle. We're successful in this when we become successful because I'm declaring this. We will be successful in this. When we are successful and we get over this hump, we got to give it back to him. We have to use this apart to be a part of our testimony to win more for the kingdom of God. Like it's all about that to bring glory to God. Because I mean, like that's why I'm saying here being sitting here before y'all now telling y'all with all vulnerability, like I don't have no answers for this. Like I don't like I told my mother in love today, I'm stumped. Like, I, I don't know what else to do. And I don't want to give up. I don't want to, but I don't know what to do. I don't have any answers. And to get the answers, it will have to be from God himself and no one else. And that's all I got to say about that, Melvin. What you got to say? Yeah. Um, I think it kind of echoes what I was, you know, the point I was making is just, once you get through this, you gotta, you gotta remember, you don't want to suffer for nothing. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to suffer in vain. Um, not that this is, you know, some people may be listening to this and be like, man, you crazy. Like my mama probably hears this and be like, boy, stop, because I put my mama through some stuff. Uh, but you know, it's all relative. You know what I mean? Uh, Discomfort is discomfort, and you just want to make sure that you don't do it for nothing. And I think on the flip side of this, um, I, you know, that scripture is just telling me at the end of the day, you know, when we're relishing in the victory of, you know, the promise of that scripture, raise a child, you know, in the way they should be, uh, in the way that they're bent. When we get to that point, and, and my daughter is a faithful Christian and getting married and all of those things, I got to make sure that I give God the glory. Like, I got to make sure that I don't forget. Um, and, and probably I'm the type of person that, that maybe would forget. And that's why I get these little bumps in the road. Um, and it's so, and, and the cool thing about that is, is if you look at the scriptures, man. It's clear to me that God ain't saying don't forget because he want all he 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 needs the credit, right? Mm -hmm. It's really a matter of when you forget, you're going to be doing the same stupid stuff again. Like yeah. you're going to try to take it in your hands again. Like God ain't like us. You know what I mean? We'd say give God the glory, but it ain't in the same way. Like we give God the glory. Yes. But God is not glory seeking for his own self. It's like we got to keep 
it, that's self-preservation. Like you got to remember where the solutions are coming from because we are, and you got to be intentional in it. Like I got to be intentional because I'm so short, short-sighted. Like even at my job, you know, I can get into these back and forths over going about something a certain way. And really it's it, a lot of times it may be because like I think high, higher of my opinion in myself than maybe I should. Like I'm where I'm at. Yeah, I work hard. Yeah, I, you know, put my hand to the plow. But at the end of the day, man, I am where I'm at because of God. Like in, in anybody, and I don't say that as a cliche, like I am literally where I'm at because God moved powerfully because I definitely don't deserve it. And so if I'm not careful and I don't remember that, I could I could uh, start start to believe the hype and and that that leads to pride and that's when you end up falling off and and I stopped doing the things that I did to get me to where I'm at which is putting it in God's hands um and to me that's that's where the importance of it comes in at is when we going through these things and we get through the victory like you said I have no doubt that as long as we just keep sticking to the program God has has always been faithful but at the end of the day we got to make sure that we remember that it's not us. It is the Lord. And yeah, amen. You know, that I think that's going to help us not repeat the same mistakes, but it will also help us when we are in the position of the educator. When we talking to people and we giving them advice, um, we'll remember these times and remember that like, we won't, we won't look down on people because they're struggling um, to find, to see the light. We remember, man, no, this was hard. It was hard for us. Thank God we got through it. And we'll be able to to relate to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you guys, just pray for us. Uh, Moving forward, um, I think some things that um, I'm going to share. There's two scriptures that I want to share with my daughter that I probably will kind of make a uh, little kid, small kid devotional over and uh, maybe this will help you all just, they're just quick little scriptures. Um, the first one is in Colossians 3, verse 23. And it says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Um, and we, this is a familiar scripture, you know, work as if you're working on to the Lord and not your humanly masters. That's another translation. And, uh, you know, really getting her to understand that it's not just enough to just achieve a good marking with your behavior. You know, you need to work more than what the humans, the humans people want you to do. If you're capable of being at like she has a, they have like a green, a blue, you know, yellow system. Green is good. Blue is exceptional. Yellow, you need to get it together. Red, you're, you know, they have like that system, you know, kind of like the traffic light uh, with a couple of the colors thrown in. But, you know, if you're capable of doing higher than the highest color, then you should do higher than the highest color because you're not working for man. You're working for the Lord. And 
really trying to tell her that like, you don't need to do the minimum. You need to do what you are highly capable of doing, whatever the highest you're capable of of achieving. That's exactly what you need to do. Um, And then the last scripture is in James four, it's verse 17. And it reads, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. And that's very simple. You know, that, that kind of, those two kind of go together for me. You know, if you know, you know, and I, I just give an example. If you know that your potential is 20, but your standard at your school or at your work is a 10, and you just work at a 10 when you know that you can achieve a 20, then that's a sin because you know that you can give more than that. So why wouldn't you, you know, it's, and, and that's exactly what that says. Like you're not working for humanly masters. You're working for the Lord. The Lord gave you 20. So you need to work up to 20. And if you know the good that you ought to do, the good as in I'm going to give my 100% and my 100% happens to be the 20, not the 10, then that's a sin that you don't do that. And these are the things that I'm just going to, you know, somehow or another, I'm going to kind of just sit down and meditate over how I can put this into a devotional. Me and Melvin both can think about it, will think about it. And these are the things that I want my child to understand. You know what I'm saying? And she's, that's the thing, a problem that I can see now with her is that she is a very intelligent girl. Um, And I'm not saying this to like brag on her. I mean, it's the truth. She is a smart child, very bright, very mature for her age, you know? And I think that she sees, okay, well, the teacher only wants me to do this. So that's what I'm going to work up to when she is definitely capable of doing more than what's asked for her. Even now in her class, we're going over the homework and the stuff that they're putting out, she's already surpassed all of that. You know, just because they're asking you to do X, Y, and Z, you need to give them more than that if that's what you can do, you know? And so, cause you're doing your best, not their best, your best. And so, Anyways, guys, again, pray for us. Um, We'll be updating you guys as we see victories in this. Again, I'm declaring that in God's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm declaring it. It's going to happen. And um, just pray for our encouragement and that our perseverance in it. Because it's hard out here for a pimp. These kids bring me to my knees all the time. You know, all the time you know so any any closing words melvin got anything you want to add on no just uh eh? keep smiling keep shining (laughs) 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 know that you can always count on me hey this was a solo buddy oh wait a minute the song wasn't a solo Uh, it it was multiple people singing. no but i ain't got nothing else Alrighty, guys. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in yet again and going on this journey with us. Um, I would really implore you guys to follow us on all our social media. I'll shout those out again. Instagram, it's at Podcast. Twitter is 
at Soul Sense Pod. Facebook is the Soul Sense Podcast. And we also have our blog. It's the Soul Sense Blog dot soulsenseministries.com and you can also catch us on Podbean which is the soulsensepodcast.com and so uh, emails are Kimberly at soulsense.com Melvin at soulsense.com soulsensepodcast soulsensepodcast.com <laughs> and uh, shoot us your questions guys uh, we would love to hear um, your thoughts on this if y'all have any advice we would love it. We welcome it. And uh, we would love just to keep the conversation going. I also did a, a Instagram story uh, that I, I did a couple um, on our Facebook and our Instagram. So check those out too. You know, I just kind of have thoughts and I just kind of put them up there. And as I'm doing my quiet times and I just like to share, let y'all know what I'm going through. Melvin is going to start joining me on those. He's going to start doing some on his own as well. And, uh, we just want to just keep engaging with you guys. Thank you guys for following us. We thank you all of our Facebook followers. We've got gained a lot of them in the last, probably a week or so and we just thank you we just want to say welcome welcome and thank you for going on this ride for us this is kim with my trusty wingman melvin don't you know no good see here you go see i'm trying to be professional and all this stuff like this see how <laughs> okay anyways thank you guys and we out <laughs>